0: This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus for more information.
1: Three peeps in the podcast.
2: It was here. At the Dragonara Hotel, the eight Bristol City players tore up their contracts to save
0: our football club from extinction. The club was spiralling down the football league and with massive debt, it was on the verge of bankruptcy. The highest paid earners, Jimmy Mann, Trevor Tainton, Jeff Merrick, Julian Marshall, David Rogers, Peter Aitken, Chris Garland and Jerry Sweeney, all acted selflessly by agreeing to tear up their contracts so we could go on. And the club lived to play another match. So just over 40 years
2: later at the Middlesbrough home game on the 19th of February. Please join us in showing your appreciation for these eight magnificent men by taking to your seats for 2.45
1: and then a minute's applause on the eighth minute. Thanks so much for your support and come on you reds. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. A welcome three points at Ashton Gate last night. But as we all know, it's been almost a year since we've won a game by two clear goals. So once again, it was heart in mouths for the last 20 minutes. Lee's three words were welcome three points. So, yeah, very much agrees with me there. Um, Matt is with me as always. Matt, your headline thoughts on last night?
0: A win's a win. Um, some, some good moments, um, some decent football, some absolute back-to-the-walls defending... Um, some of which we've kind of, uh, or Nigel Pearson's talked about, and the desire to keep the ball out of the net. And I thought we had that at the end, especially last night. But yeah, Christ, we make it difficult for ourselves, don't we? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, just a bit of admin before we kick into the podcast. Um, Matt, you went to watch Red Lion at the Bristol Old Vic with Joe Sims, David Lloyd and Tom McGee. Um, very much enjoyed it. I'm going tomorrow night, so Friday night um and yeah your your sort of thoughts on that and it's not just for city fans is it
0: no definitely not if you if you if you like football um then you will absolutely get something out of it but there's a a kind of a a human element to it as well a humanity sort of thing um a piece with the with the way that it's done it is just brilliantly acted um you know we're we're fortunate enough to know joe and, and you know you've obviously seen his work on the tv um so Joe aside, because he is superb, but David Lloyd was just fantastic, um, which really surprised me because I only know David through Bristol City and and obviously the announcing and stuff. Um, obviously, we've seen him at the Match Day experience. But the young lad as well, um, Thomas McGee, was just... You, you, I got the feeling when I left you might have witnessed someone who was going to go on to bigger and better things um, because his acting was brilliant. It was really good and very intimate in terms of the the studio I think that he's in within the Old Vic is quite a small studio, you know, to the point we were sat on the kind of floor seats, if you like, and you have to move your legs in because they're walking around and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Don't be put off by Joe Sims and his boxer shorts either. So oh
1: God, okay. <laughs> Enduring. <laughs> what, yeah, image. A warning. Yeah. Enduring. Image. Well worth it. Well yeah. So get along there if you can. I think it's uh 12 pounder a ticket and it's run runs for the next couple of weeks. So please do check that out. Um the Middlesbrough game is coming up soon. It's uh it's gonna be a tribute to the Ashton Gate 8 and just a word to encourage everybody to be in their seats by 245 at the latest um for the parade of the players. Hopefully on the pitch, unless we get some rain, but we don't want to think about that.
0: No. And and I think patch with it, the if you've seen any of the footage over the last sort of week and so um, even our youngest fans will appreciate what these guys did. Um, yeah, we all like a beer before the game, but yeah, please, let's get in your seats because you'll you'll miss some real treats and, and absolutely missing those players getting out. So even if it's just the one-off, the first time, the last time you ever do it, please get yourself in your seats for 2.45. You won't be disappointed.
1: Absolutely. And then on the eighth minute, uh, a round of applause. So eighth minute, by eighth minute, we mean 8.01, because um, actually the eighth minute is 701 exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah as soon as you see it strike eight on the on the big scoreboard um yeah so it's a, it's a round of applause um one final thing we've we know about the youtube channel from ben robbins on tour there's a, a new one from a, a friend of mine's son sport boy another bristol city youtuber starting up a young lad so please do have a look and check that one out right onto the lineup um O'Dowder out, Viner in with Pring pushing on to left wing back. So right to left, Max O'Leary, Viner, Callas closer, Jada Silva, Scott, Masengo, Pring, Viman, Martin and Semenyo. And I'm going to bring in our guest today, Bristol Del Boy 2. We couldn't afford Bristol Del Boy 1. Um, so uh, come in Dell Bussy. How are you, sir? Very
2: well. Thank you, Patch. Uh, Matt, thanks very much for having me on. Great, great fan of your shows. Absolutely
1: fantastic to listen to. So, oh, thanks thank very you, much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Your thoughts on that starting lineup then? Only one change? Um, yeah, I, th- I thought a bit
2: surprised. But I thought the only, I've looked at some of the games that Redden have played in the last few weeks and they certainly lacked pace at the back, which was evident in the game last night. And I thought maybe Wells. Might have started with Weiman and Serna, just mixed up a bit. But apart from that, I think we're restricting where we are. Um, but for some reason, I don't know the reason why Wells wasn't st- uh, involved in the squad last night. Covid. Um, well, Covid is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, apart from that, I think it was was to be expected, really. So
1: yeah, Matt, your thoughts? We we kind of called Odada maybe dropping out after some of his recent performances, but. You also expected maybe Dan Bentley to come in
0: for Max O'Leary. Yeah, I really did. Um, sorry, that's my uh, my lunch being delivered, as we speak. Yes. Um, Hiya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I did. Um, I didn't think Max was great on, on Saturday. Um, there's no two no ways about it when we talked about it. His distribution is quicker than Dan Bentley's. Last night, actually, I didn't think it was on point. Um but he's not in the side for his distribution. He's in there because he's a goalkeeper. So I really did think that that Dan Bentley would come back in. He didn't, um, and and Max played well. The other change, yes, Callum has not been at the levels he should be. So that was kind of an obvious change, but it was then who came in. And I think we both thought, Patch, that there was a chance that Sam Bell might be given an opportunity on that that left-hand side. Mm. Um, I think all of us probably think that that's Cam Pring's best position, um, you know, he's played in that left of a three, but I think that's his best position, um, and and good to see Zach Viner coming back in, because I do like Zach, but again, it's about, he's got to find the levels to, to, to be able to play it, this, this kind of intensity and, and the level needed for that, so there weren't really any other surprises, like you say, Mackie with, with COVID, he came on and scored on the weekend, which is a bit of a shame, because I guess he may have been considered for a starting point, mm. but
1: yeah. Okay, into the minutes then. Uh, first 15 minutes, nothing happened. Uh, on the 15th minute, Hanno Masengo comes off and we see Joe Williams come on, who is potentially another person we may have expected to see in the starting lineup. Matt, did you see Hanno Masengo get
0: injured? Yeah, it was. he went went through on a challenge. That, that from our end in the safe stand, I don't know if Dale agrees, I know Dale's there. Um, it looked all the world to me that he was fouled. Um, He seemed to be sort of shoved from behind, landed awkwardly. And and then um, in terms of the treatment he received over the sort of coming minutes, um, which there was two periods where the the trainer came on, Mm. um, it looked like it was his hip. And and Curtis Fleming said that afterwards. So whether it was an impact injury as he landed, um, but yeah, you, you could clearly see he was uncomfortable. The one good thing is if it is an impact, as long as there's no, Muscle bone lim- ligament damage He's likely to be okay for the weekend, you would think. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, into the 18th minute,
1: Dell Weiman received the ball in an advanced position, he spreads it across to Semenyo, um, who hits the side netting. But so often in the last few games, we've seen those sort of nestle in the corner, but uh, this one just hit the side netting. But for you, Semenyo much improved um on the on the player that we've seen over the years, and things are starting to click, aren't they
2: oh absolutely i mean he's been he's been absolutely fantastic i mean the, the i think Nigel Pearson has to take a lot of credit really, i think as well for sticking with him when he hasn't you know he's played some games and um you know has what was reduced his best but i think um you know the fact that he stuck with him has given Semenu a lot of confidence so um, and I think he's repaid him on that and he, he's been a he's been a joy to watch hasn't he Patrick, over the last what seven eight games yeah. I mean as soon as he gets the ball you know people are off their seats you know and you know that's going to happen every time and you can see teams back off I think there's one point in the first half that you will probably allude to where he's got the ball and he's turned and the players just pulled him back and took a yellow <laughs> so they just they know what he's capable
1: of don't they all these teams now so it's uh, it's brilliant yeah, fantastic. Um, again, an, another expanse of at least 14 minutes where nothing really happened. It was the 34th minute. Jay De Silva, a well-engineered well, en- well engineered, um, and a decent left-foot shot, forces a save. Matt, we haven't seen much of that from Jay De Silva, have we? Um, and it was great to see him, you know, cutting in from that, from that um, inverted wing-back position and taking a shot, a good shot.
0: I, I actually thought Jay played really well last night. Um, he, he's obviously growing into that position is not natural for him. Um and you're right, he probably he'd be disappointed that the shot was sort of straight down the middle. Um the keeper had to save it. I think the keeper made a bit of a, a meal over it. But um it was good to see him coming inside. And the one thing Jay has is ability on the ball and quick feet. So he was able to shift the ball and he, he does that time and time again. Um I'd like to see him do that more. I'd like to see him have the confidence to to try and hit a few more um, shots at goal but yeah I thought it was a good effort it was a good effort
1: Dale for you the inverted fullback role that he's now sort of playing in what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah I think it's uh, it's a
2: really good option isn't it to have somebody especially if they can come inside and and have a shot like he did there I thought the only disappointing thing with that was no one was following up I mean the keeper like Matt said made a mill bit but we had no one in and around there really you know if would have been a little bit um, you know, on, on their toes uh, and, and got in there and, and finished it, we would have probably scored. But yeah, no, I think the only other, the only thing is when he does get forward, he has to keep cutting back sometimes, especially wide just needs to come, keep coming back on his left to cross it rather than cross it. But he did, he did put some really good crosses actually last night, first time with his right foot. Um, I think the only, the only thing you do worry about, which teams have pinpointed him over the last, last few games, is a lot of diagonal balls into the back post and obviously, because he's not the tallest. Uh, yeah, we've used look there was a couple of times last time we got away with one in the, the first half where he had a two on one on the back post with a free kick, and we got away with it. So um, yeah, that, that's the only issue. But I mean, apart from that, he's been absolutely terrific uh, terrific in the last few games. So yeah,
1: big yeah, plus. Yeah. Uh Matt, I've got on the 36 minute, it's uh several neat touches from closer who who's who looked to have picked up picked up an injury just before that but he looks so assured and confident on the ball a
0: real football right footballer isn't he it was the, the game he played last night was exactly what he was like at preston right. um and i don't know where he disappeared to on saturday at blackpool um <laughs> but yeah there, there were there was a passage in i'm trying to think um yeah it would have been the first half because we were kicking towards the atio in the first half weren't we mm. there was a passage in the left hand side where he kind of flicked the ball, almost some kind of Cruyff turn there. And I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, yeah. but it was absolute class that he did it. And then he played a little dinked ball up the line as well. You can clearly see that he's a very talented footballer on the ball, can't you?
1: And it's great. Um, it's great, isn't it, when you've got defenders who are f- good footballers as well, because yeah. you 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 feel less nervous when you see that ball go across close yeah. to a, an attacker or, yeah. or someone who's trying to intercept the ball.
0: He's very good at, and and, um, I know because of your your holiday so it would be the first time you've seen him play live. He's really good at reading the game and the amount of times that he stepped in to intercept a pass that was going or even (laughs) a couple of big tackles as well in that sort of little passage of play. Um, Yeah, I I think he's really good. And again, he talks, he's constantly turning around to Max O'Leary. And I think... Um, you know, when, when we talk about the goal in a minute, afterwards, he's settling Max O'Leary down in like, you know, don't rush, you know, we're, we're near the, the end of the game. So looks really good. And then at the end of the game, I saw him walking off with Thomas Callas. I was
1: just going to say that. I really like good, his personality. Really, really
0: good relationship, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they seem to have a really good relationship. You know, they were laughing and joking. So but really, at the moment, you have to say a, a really quality signing for us when it was okay. needed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dell, 42nd minute, Williams out wide to Pring, a decent cross, and Viman just a tad underneath the header, but started to see a bit more coming into it with Pring getting in advanced positions and whipping some crosses in there.
2: Yeah, play, played with a lot of confidence. I mean, he looked actually shattered, didn't he, when he came off in the second half. I mean, the amount of the ground, the ground he covered was phenomenal. But yeah, you know, again, you'll go on to, you know, with his, his parting with the goal. Um, but yeah, great cross. And it just finally just got over the top of it really, didn't they? Uh just went over. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good, good first time deep cross. And it was one of those ones between, you know, the defender and the, the goalkeeper. Uh a good ball for to be attacked. So yeah, no, it was a, a decent chance, yeah.
1: Matt, we get uh, our goal. Just on the 45th minute, which it wasn't against a run of play because neither teams were really, you know, peppering the goal in any way. But it was obviously welcome. It was a uh, Pring on the break. Uh, he fed Weimann, who looks to get a shot away. Eventually kind of does get a shot away, but it sort of rebounds straight back to him. And he's got the presence of mind to square it to Semenyo, who's in space on the six yard box, who has to still, you know, get it on target, which is often easier said than done. But it's a great finish.
0: Yeah, good, good move from, from Cam. Again, in the south stand, I'm saying, Christ, what's Andy Vyman done now? How has he not put that away? And when I've watched it back, actually, he had a defender right on top of him. The keeper's coming out. Um, so it wasn't as, as easy a chance. And when you look at it, the keeper kind of gets a low left hand to it. Um, so he, he very much nearly does sort of beat him with it. Um, and then, yeah, the, the ball comes back to Vyman, but he's led on the floor. He's on, he's on his bum and he has to... A bit of a scramble to get you know to a position where he can then feed the ball to, to Antoine. And again, watching it back with Antoine, yeah, he's six yards out, but he takes it on the kind of volley, half volley, and finds the back of the net with real confidence, with a defender in front of him. So it was a, a good finish um, in the end. And mm. a goal probably that Antoine wouldn't have scored last season. You know, he, he said, I listened to him and I... And I um, recommend anybody listening to it afterwards he, he was on Radio Bristol after the game last night talked about his injury and the fact that it for him it was a good thing because it meant he could review what he was doing how he had played sort of previously and the things to work on he, he talked very highly of Chris Martin and Andy Weiman and, and that for me shows the intelligence of the lad you know he's talking about in the downtime, well, it gave me an opportunity to work on my game. Um, I love everything about Antoine Semenya. I, I think he is a a quality player, and, and I'm not going to brag and say that I've made it very clear all the way on this podcast that he could play as a number nine, um, but he can. Um, but but I will. Yeah, it's whether we keep <laughs> hold of him. No patch in it because oh yeah, absolutely. Clubs are undoubtedly going to look at him because he's he's a powerful lad. He's got pace. <laughs> he's got a shot like nobody else at the club. Um, so yeah, it was a really good goal. It was a good goal and, and kudos to both Campering and Andy Vyman.
1: Yeah. Now, before we come on to half-time summary, I'm going to talk about half term. Bristol's Ooh. biggest children half term football fun <laughs> days are back. Um, at Redland and Sir Bernard Lovell Sports Centre during February half-term. Fun is at the centre of these days for boys and girls aged 5 to 15 from all backgrounds and abilities. To book, go to SoccerShooters.com and SoccerShooters.com is Bristol Del Boy 2. So Del, tell us a bit more about that.
2: Yeah, basically it's a company that's um, James Wilson. Uh, he's quite well-known in Bristol. Um, he... Uh, Started the James Wilson coaching in 2005. Uh, He then changed to soccer shooters, I think it's probably about five or six years ago. Uh, And then since then, it just got bigger and bigger. So at the moment, we're doing um, six or seven grassroots football clubs um, Brunel Bantons, West Park Foxes, Clifton United. And then we're doing foot cell sessions in the week, uh, which I don't know if you guys know of, which is predominantly a South American. Uh, game, which a lot of the um, Brazilian, Spanish, French, so people like Coutinho, Messi, uh, De Bruyne, uh, all started playing futsal cell um, before they actually started playing. Uh, you know, yeah, like I said, 11 a side football.
1: So, what's it's the, key, what's the I mean, key difference? What's the key difference with that compared to you know what we're what we're used to? To, ba- to base it's,
2: it's more technical. Really, patch It's using different parts of your, your foot. Uh, it's just all to your foot, uh, you know, the, the outside. It's all very, very technical, very fast moving. It's basically played where uh, the goalkeeper rolls it out um, and it's just a, short, a shorter pitch. It's basically a five five versus five, very fast moving um, and obviously a limited. But it's the ball's constantly in play, really. And, and that's one thing we do with the holiday camps as well and the futsal sessions. It's what we call ball rolling. So we try and get the kids to be engaged with the ball as much as possible. Um, so we've been doing that, uh, and then obviously we we started doing the holiday camps, um, which has been fantastic. I mean, uh, last Easter we had hundred kids a day in in right. region, um, and um, to a level uh, it's got up to about sixty at the moment this this half term. So basically, it's kids, all boys and girls, um, very inclusive, all backgrounds, all abilities. It's from five years to fifteen, and we just basically have a load of fun. Patch. I mean, we do loads of different games you know, we, the coaches have got to interact to that, like they're the kids again, which is great. And the kids love it. Um, yeah. and it, it's just, it's just great fun. It's just a, you know, for the kids just to come along and we get a, a wide range. You know, we got kids turn up from the Bristol city Academy. Uh, we get kids playing grassroots football. We get kids turning up. who have just started to play and it's great to watch the kids during the day because we always say one thing I always say to the kids when they turn up, um, I want you two things. I want you, One, I want you to have fun. And two, I want you to go away from having made a friend with someone today. And you see the kids look round and they think, oh, yeah, you know, we'll stick with my friends. But as the day progresses, the, the great thing with football is kids are making fun without realising. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you, they, they're interacting. And by the time they're going, you know, oh, bye-bye so-and-so because they've never met them. And it's great. It's a great feeling. And it's really, uh, how can I say it's great to embrace and to watch it's, it's fantastic
1: yeah. i bet you must find I that really think, really rewarding yeah, as well yeah it's great uh um, because like i said it's so many different
2: levels you know and um holiday camps are great because it's all inclusive um and then like you said we're getting obviously the different abilities in the week i mean we have a, a session on a one night a week uh, we've got uh, one age group from 12 to 14 we've got some guys turning up who just started playing and then we get you know, we've got Chris Martinson who, who, who attends on a weekly basis now, which is great. So, uh, awesome. you know, Chris is uh, a great supporter. he's turned up the other week and came and watched. So, um, yeah, very Excellent. good.
1: Excellent. So for more information, soccershooters.com or they can get in touch with you on Twitter. Yeah? Yeah, they certainly
2: can do. Yeah. Like I said, all all age groups. Um, and, you know, the class is in the week as well, what we do as well. Um, we do what we call a free taster. So if there's any children that want to come along and try it out, you know your first your first session's free, and um, yeah, it's all about having fun and learning at the same time.
1: Perfect, Brilliant. excellent. Okay, and um, the halftime summary from Rob was fragmented. Half following on from Saturday, never really got going, and and a blow, of course, to to lose Hanno and Masengo um, to injury. So let's hope that's nothing too serious. Matt's rustling crisps. Even so, Williams <laughs> soon into his Par- groove. Party release. <laughs> Party rings, unbelievable. <laughs> Even so, William's soon into his groove. He really is another level. Always available for fear of repeating myself. His passes are played with purpose. Pleased to see Pring at left wing back. A couple of threatening crosses already. Scrappy-ish goal, but we'll take it. Let's hope we can kick on in the second half. So we do kick on in the second half. Uh 48th minute, a so Great overlap from Pring Um, who was fed by Masengo, a perfectly weighted pass, and Alex Scott seemingly steers it home for 2-0, but in fact, it's an own goal. But uh, your thoughts on that start to the second half?
2: Oh, great timing, wasn't it? It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, there there was a ball, I think the ball started down the right side, actually, of uh, the the south stand, is they're attacking that way. Now, I think Weidman's got the ball uh, one of these counter-attacks down the right, and he's played it to Chris Martin, who's fed it across, and then Semenyo's done a lovely held the ball up, waited for pring with the overlap, fed it in. And it was one of those crosses. We were right behind the goal. And, you know, if the defender hasn't got, got there, then Alex Scott's got a tap in. But it was a great, great first time, you know, side of the foot, drilled pass right across the six-yard box by Cam And And, um, yeah, a great, great finish. And you thought then, you know, you think, thinking, oh, 2-0. Hopefully we're going to kick on here because really, Renan right were there for the taking, would not they? And, you know, they looked absolutely deflated deflate when that goal went in. So, uh, but yeah, a great, Great timing, isn't it? What was that, two minutes after in the restart? So,
0: yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant goal.
1: Great brilliant vision goal. from Semenyo, Matt, wasn't it?
0: It was not Masengo, because he, <laughs> sat, he sat in the stands. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was, but it was a good move all, all round. I think Vyman actually closed the ball down or, or, or won a intercept from a goal kick, I think, from memory, um, and then feeds it. And, and again, Semenyo's picked the right option there. Um, but like Del says, it's a brilliant ball from Campering, and it's one of those that if the defender doesn't get a touch, you've got Alex Scott kind of in behind him. I actually thought Scott had scored it from where again where yeah. we were. It's only when you look back, it's clearly an him goal. In, and um, it's the guy was it? It was it Birmingham? Is it Morrison or the, the centre half? But he, he's banging his fist on the floor because he knows yeah. you know Michael and, and as, Mike, yeah And as Del said, you're thinking that's it. You know we, we'll go on now in. Um, maybe get three four in and really be comfortable oh no we won't
1: yes it's um it, someone I actually put on Twitter last night can someone tell me the last time we won by two goals and apparently it was March 2021 uh so yeah they don't make it easy for us but uh, yeah great to see um Pring in that attacking position involved in both goals um and we'll come on to it in a minute but i I'm unsure as to why he came off, but um, yeah, we'll tackle that one in a minute. Uh, 55th minute, Semenyo shot blocked at the second time of asking, and then a Calas long throw rebounds out, and Joe Williams catches it sweetly on the volley. It looks destined to go in, but unfortunately it was blocked, Matt.
0: Yeah, and and I agree with what Rob said about Joe Williams. He he passes with a purpose. Um, It's not... um, just about retaining the ball he is looking to drive forward and looking to do something with it and he's got that in his locker I'm, I'm sure he scored against us a few years back for Wigan um, but he's he's got a hell of a strike on him um, I did actually think and you, you kind of understand now when with Nigel Pearson I thought Joe then started to look really tired and probably a couple of you know longer periods of, of, of running the side like he's done there at Blackpool and then here it maybe did come a bit too soon for him um but you can just see immediately what he's got and you've said it all the way through Patch, with Jay Williams that if he can stay fit he could be the difference between you know what we do as a football club moving yeah. forward because he is that much of a an inspirational player isn't he for us
1: influential uh- exactly yeah Del, it'd be great to see more of Joe Williams if he can stay fit the rest of the season. I I can see us, you know, picking up, uh, uh, you know, many more victories.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing was as well, uh, you know, you guys will probably see as well. He's always talking and organising. He's a, he's a leader on the pitch as well. Um, and what I, I actually, to be honest, with you, in a way, I mean, not that you want one of your players injured, but I actually thought it benefited a little bit with with Messina going off last night because with Joe, I think he. We look a lot better in midfield without the ball. When we haven't got the ball, we look a lot more, bit more still in there and organised. You know, and he gives us a bit more off the ball. Where Masengo and Scott are obviously a lot more attack minded. I think Joe just gives us that little bit of balance. He's got a great range of passing as well. Um, and what I like about him, he's always he's always talking the whole time, always talking. I mean, even when it was and there was one in the first half race, the ball's come to him and he's got time to take a touch and and, and play a pass, and, but he's actually smashed it first time back to the Reading keeper for a goal kick. And he's actually berated the front players, even though they've got no yeah. chance of getting on there. But you know, yeah. he's he's a he's a character. But you know, he he plays with no fear as well. Um, mm. And he, what I like about him as well, he he, he always seems to come out of the ball in tight areas. There's a, a, a he's got a couple of players close by him. He'll cheer, He'll come out the other side. Yeah. You know, he plays intelligent passes. And he, he's he's a great you know he's a great and he always wants the ball as well. Patch, you know, he's, he's he's not afraid you know to come and pick the ball up off the you know the centre back You know, he's brave brave on the ball. He uh, shows a lot of courage, but yeah, if we can keep him fit, like you said, he's a, he's a huge player for us, yeah.
1: Yeah, demands it. Uh, 63rd minute, a bit of nervousness starting to creep in with our dizzy heights of two goals in front. Uh, There's a short pass from Viner and Reddin get the shot away and it's well gathered by Max. And it's quite a, a, a nice little chant from the Reddin fans of we've had a shot, Matt, In that <laughs> point.
0: I mean, it, it, it was... Two pretty poor sides, wouldn't it? There wasn't a lot of um goalmouth incidents, so you could understand um, Reading saying that. You know, I've got a beef with that. I think it's something that's crept, crept in for some sort of younger fans, where you talk about the the negative aspect. I guess it's a bit bit funny for them. Reading are going through some real trials at the moment, aren't they? On and off the pitch. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it was a comfortable safe for Max, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, 64th minute, a poor clearance from the Reading keeper lands with Chris Martin, and there's cries of shoot and lob, uh, but he doesn't. He ma- maintains his co- cool. He squares it across to Semenyo, who brings it down really well, and from 25 yards, uh, I think it was a right-footed shot, it hits yeah. the post. Um, you know, it was always destined for the post, there, wasn't it? But nonetheless, great to see another shot away.
2: Instinctive, wasn't it, Patch? I mean, yeah. it was a lovely clip, lovely clipboard by Chris Martin, and he's just brought it down. We were actually right by the goal again, and um, he's just cushioning it down on his chest. And then he's just, you know, again, like Matt said, he probably wouldn't have done that last, you know, in the past, he would have probably taken a couple more touches or a bit hesitant. But to take it instinctively in the first time and hit it, you know, and, and a couple of inches, you know, and it, you're talking, it's gone in, you know, either side off the pace, but it was a it was a great effort, and you like you said, it just. I just thought then, you know, because we came a little bit, um, how can I say, a little bit, oh, I don't know, a bit, I wouldn't say cocky, but I think we we're a little bit arrogant at times in around the edge of the red, red in bottoms, terms of yeah. a couple of times when the ball was played in and people were doing dummies and flicks when an easier pass could have played someone in. And I just thought when that came off the place, I thought, I just I just hope we're not going to rue that, that, you know, that it wasn't, it wasn't even a half chance, was it? He, he took it, you know, it wasn't, a, you know, one of glare glaring this. No. But you just thought then really, you know, that had have gone in three nils, game over. So Yeah.
1: Sixty-fourth minute, um, sorry, sixty-sixth minute, Matt. There's the change. Uh Cam Pring comes off and Calamo Dowda comes on. Now in the post match interview, Curtis said that Pring wasn't feeling very well. But from what I could see, I couldn't see any evidence of that with the way he was playing, the way he was getting forward. But um who knows? But for me, if that was the case, fine. But if it
0: wasn't strange decision. Yeah, so I I thought it absolutely was. Um, I thought the the 10 minutes before he came off, his levels dropped completely. Um, There were a couple of times where he gave the ball away really cheaply, one that he made a really sort of poor pass. Um, But I was then watching him, and he he looked clearly fatigued and that something was wrong um, for me. So I I genuinely, I actually said to, again, the guy behind, um, said, Pring will be coming off in a minute. Look at him, he looks absolutely knackered, he's gone. Um, so I wasn't surprised, but like you, and then Curtis Fleming said what he said, but you know, you, you said, and then we had a couple of other texts sort of saying, yeah. you know, it, there wasn't anything wrong with him. So yeah, a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, if that's the case. Yeah. Obviously,
1: in that left wing back role, he is. Getting forward and back a lot more, so you know, other than the oh, sort of left side, he's going to be back. knackered.
0: Yeah, he's going to be knackered. Um, you know, it's. I think. I think the wing back roles are the most difficult in the game. You know, mm. because of the sheer work you've got to do both ways. But he, he was back to the campering that he's been. Um, you know, that we've seen this season. Saturday was a bit of a. Um, you know, it, it wasn't what he's been. Well, like.
1: everyone was. Um, well, exactly wasn't at yeah. the <laughs> at yeah. the pleasure beach, so to speak. Um, <laughs> So, seventy-second minute. It's a penalty for Reading. Closer sort of seems to stick his bum into the tackle, and the guy just falls over, gives away the penalty. Max goes the right way, but it's a it's a good, powerful penalty from Swiftdale, isn't it? To go two-one. Yeah, it's a
2: well-struck penalty. Um, but to be honest, you um and you probably guys to named as well. Um, I think Matt Matt obviously sits in the safe man as well. But it all led from our indecisiveness on the edge of our, uh, the Reading box. And yep. the ball. Yeah, yeah. He had the ball on the edge of the, the, the box. And I think that, I've, I'm trying to remember rightly, I think there was probably two, maybe three Reading players around him.
0: Three, yeah.
2: He's trying to dribble his way through. When they had players to the side of him, we could have just played it. He's lost He's lost the ball. And it was just a ridiculous position, really, because we were so comfortable. They then broke. Uh, We've had players out of position. And um, like you said, close is obviously turned his back um, on Tom who who, I think it was Tom who has gone down. Uh, And then, you know, you're thinking, really, at the end of the day, you know, we've shot ourselves in the foot from being in in a good attacking position where we could have played people in because we had people on the overload on the other side, on the left-hand side. He's chased through it by himself, you know, and he's lost the ball. It was a cheap bit of play. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, 2-1, and then you're thinking, if this goes in, we know what's going to happen. So, um, you know, back to the wall, but, It, was, it that was the worst thing for me. It wasn't the the penalty given; it, it was where we lost the ball. Yeah.
1: I don't I don't know what just happened, Dale. But you you went sort of half quiet then.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you, you lost a, <laughs> you lost an airpod <laughs> or something. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, sorry, so back, yeah. So yeah, I think I think yeah, I think it was more the case of where we lost the ball than the actual foul for the, the penalty. That's what this yeah. me because and it's that- just, just a cheap yeah. Matt, yeah, we saw I...
1: we've seen Max O'Leary save a penalty away at Millwall a couple of seasons ago, and I actually fancied yeah. him to save this one. To be fair,
0: yeah, I mean Swift Swift's a quality player, and he ex-Chelsea, and, and he hit it with pace in the corner, and there, there's no keeper that saves those. You know, you, you just don't. But I completely agree with Dell. Um, we were dicking around with it when um, you know we should have been playing. There was no way Andy Vyman was going to get the ball through as he was trying. I'll also say, having watched it back two or three times, never in a million years is it a penalty? Mm. Um, and I thought the referee last night, Oliver Langford, was absolutely scandalous. I Referees thought, are what? I thought it was scandalous. <laughs> Honestly, I thought his performance, his performance was diabolical. Um, it, it was a clear performance from a ref last night who's never played the game and probably never watched enough of games from the stand to know. When is a foul and when is not a foul, he gave some of the most bizarre decisions last night. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing around players feeling a touch in their back and doing a 9.9 dive, that has to stop, and that can only be stopped by the referee waving play on, um, and he wasn't doing that. And then there was the, the, the foul on Masenga, which he didn't give. Um, I just thought, yeah, I, I, he's not a referee I like anyway, Langford. I think he's poor. But last night I thought, that penalty decision absolutely summed his performance up.
1: Sometimes referees yeah. go like one way, can't they, in terms of not wanting to be a homer yeah. and go completely opposite direction?
0: He was poor for both sides. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he was. it was anything like that. But he, he booked players for nothing. Um, it was like he had to be the star of the show last night. And he's, I've seen him plenty of times, Langford. He's, he's never one that impresses me. It's funny, I think we've got Keith Strayed on the weekend who for years that he fans absolutely... The last couple oh of games, God,
1: he's actually been all right, on, hasn't he?
0: Spot on. And yeah. what you, you know what you're going to get with him, but this claim last night was just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and like I said, you know, if you played the game, never in a million years is that a penalty.
1: Okay, 76th minute, Martin feeds a menu who could have shot unopposed right-footed, but instead opts to cut inside onto his left and gets tackled. Del, we've obviously waxed lyrical about Semenyo, but um, there's still some work to do in terms of shot selection and decision making for me.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, (laughs) to be honest, he he knew knew as soon as that chance went, um, you know, he he looked up to the sky, and he realised he should have hit it first time. It was a lovely ball in by Chris Martin as well, Uh, and Chris Martin literally said to him after you know, hit it first time, you know, when they were preparing to to line up for the corner. But yeah, I mean, that again, that's going to come. You know, he's he's there's so much part of his game that he, he's improved. But um, it's just that slight decision-making there, when that, that split second where he could have should have hit it first time, but he's obviously gone there to try and cut inside. But he had a chance in the start of the second half, didn't he, patch, where he came inside, he cut inside, and he had a great shot when the keeper saved it. So he's obviously thinking again about cutting inside. So.
0: I, I was just surprised that um, it was a good angle on his right foot. Um, yeah. And he's hit, he's hit some shots already, and he did last night from really really acute angles this one just felt like smash it you know you mm. can he, yeah. he hits it with such pace either side but like you say that will come with the experience and I'm sure he'll look back on that and think you know and it was one of those game where you're looking at it thinking we should be out of sight now you know a bit mm. like Luton a bit like Preston we should th- this game should be put to bed and we're not doing that are we so yeah
1: 82nd minute I've got um the referee likes his whistle Um, this this was a number of a number of incidents but the one I've picked up on here Martin was battling really well for the ball it was a 50-50 coming together shoulder to shoulder but he's a judge to have fouled Um, and yeah that was just an example of the referee liking his whistle Um, 83rd minute Calamo Dowder living dangerously on the touchline like like he did up at Blackpool um, gives the ball away and uh, it's again you'd have thought you'd have learned your lesson from Blackpool, Matt.
0: The bit I do not get is he he made it blatantly obvious that he was trying to shelter the ball out. And so I think it was Ince again. um, Just went round the other side of him. Wins the ball, but not only does he not see the ball out, he's not even then protecting it from the right side. So as he wins it, he's then threw into the air, like, you know, into our six yard box almost. So, it was, it was poor from Callum and um, he went off, then he literally in the next move. And I think that was a bit of a um, a reaction to knowing, Christ, I've made a real What there. is that noise? Can you hear my dogs in the background? Yeah. It's Sounds like kind <laughs> of
1: the Baskervilles.
0: The, someone's, someone's walked past out the front. Um, so yeah, so apologies. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, it's a detached of... house. So, were you?
1: <laughs> Shades of, uh, like Horder Magnuson in that Man City game, uh, Dell.
2: Yeah, it was very much so, wasn't it? And, um, I think the other one, when there's Horder Magnuson done against Karev as well in one league game, I remember <laughs> when we beat him 2-1 and he'd done the same leading up to a goal, but yeah, it was, um, I just don't think a left wing back position suits him. I don't, I don't, I don't think it does the team any good. I don't think Callum gets anything out of it, um. He can't, he obviously can't defend, but the problem is now he, he's in a position now, isn't it? And I know, you know, Matt's always been a big defender of him, but I think I've always well, with other the guys I sit around with, and, you know, there is a player there, but how much time do you keep giving him? Mm. Um, because now you're looking at it and thinking he can't really play in the number 10 position anymore because we've got Alex Scott and those, he's doing, you know, environment that can play there. Um, and I just don't think there's any end product with him perhaps, when he's playing going forward. I mean, very rarely, you know, you, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about Semenya and Byman and Scott, you know, the players that get you to see. With Cannon, you just don't get that feeling. Um, and he just looked, he looked totally out of sorts last night when he came on. He really did. I mean, obviously, his confidence must be shot to pieces at the moment. But um, it just, obviously, I think teams target him as well when he came on. It looked so much better, though, when he went off in the Silva went on the left wing back and Viner on the right. But um yeah, I mean, I think he's running out of time at, at City now. I really it's a shame because he, he he could be one of those players that goes to the club and does well, couldn't they? So, mm. and they we're all thinking, yeah. well, why did he do it at City? But yeah. you know, there's a player that he's got everything. isn't he, he's strong, he's good in the air, he can Great. beat players.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. say though, Nigel Pearson has shown real confidence in him. Maybe, yeah. maybe with a bigger squad, that might have been different. But you know, Nigel Pearson has stuck faith with him. Um, and like like you said I I agree I think there is a player there you know I I was at the Norwich game when he scored that absolutely amazing goal he just seems to lack that little bit of physicality and mouse almost which what is it five years he's been with us um, playing playing in the championship Um, you know his contract's up at the end of the season you look at it and think realistically and he's probably on decent money um, but realistically, mm. he's probably not going to get a new contract. But even with that, I look at it and think, but he will go somewhere else and actually do really well. And and you, you're then losing a, another player off the books for nothing. But mm. he's got to, yeah, he, he's he's got to improve. And, and I don't know that he's got the time now to to earn that contract. You consider Jamie Patterson was let go, Corey Smith were let go. They 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 mm. fire, they did fire more for Bristol City than Callum's done, have not they? It's, so, it's almost like, yeah,
2: yeah sorry, I've, it's almost like when he's playing, he looks like he's got a lack of
0: belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, from an international player, and he's constantly picked for the Republic, again, it's a surprise. In, you know, it, we're talking about his football because he's, he, he's such a nice lad. He really is such a lovely lad, um, and I and I hope, I really hope that he does have a, a really good end to the season and then earns a contract and is is someone next season that can really do something. But it's it styles that make games, isn't it? And, and we're not playing to his strengths, are we? Um, but even, he, he's obviously,
2: yeah, he's obviously, defensively he's pre- though. Yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah. No, even defensively. Yeah. He's never going to be that strong, but when he's going forward, I think I saw yesterday or read yesterday, I think he scored one goal this season, had one assist, which mm. from your wide player shouldn't be the case, should it? So, I mean, comes I off- Yeah. Sorry. a half time
2: as well. He, he, I've noticed in the subs, obviously, this is one of my my, my beefs. We we must be the only club, I think, in the Championship that don't warm our subs up at half-time. And they were doing it. They they seemed to do a little keep-me-up jump, you know, keep, keeping the ball up in the air and doing a, a little circle job where the other subs to the other teams are getting put for their paces. But, you know, Callum, you can tell he, he's obviously, he obviously wants to play. He, he is obviously enthusiastic. He wants to do well because he was the only one at the subs last half-time that was actually with a ball and he was actually warming us, you know, doing sort of uh, sprints with the ball at his feet while the other guys were just like sort of juggling the ball around so you know he and the little things like that shows me you know that he he, he wants to do well for us you know but i just think he's just i don't know what like, lack of belief lack of confidence um he just doesn't fancy left-wing-back role i'm not too sure but yeah
1: yeah okay uh so he comes off uh, robbie cundy comes on great to see him uh at ashton gate matt yeah,
0: it was. I mean, I, I was disappointed he wasn't in the squad on Saturday because he came on at Preston and showed up well. Um, you know, it was only a, a matter of minutes, but he did well. Um, so yeah, really, really good to see, and it was the right call to make, wasn't it? You know, that's. Yeah, I think as I said, Callum was injured, so it was an obvious one. But yeah, it, it gave us then that balance back.
1: Yeah, and Nervy then uh, six minutes plus five minutes injury time. Uh, but 93rd minute was a good save from Max O'Leary, which was it was actually going to be offside, but it was great to see that sort of one-handed, powerful save. Um and, and after that I just put multiple city men on the deck.
0: It was <laughs> incredible, wasn't it? I mean, it, it goes back to what I said about the desire to keep the ball out of the net. And again, it's quite difficult from from our end. You couldn't see who the player was that was throwing their body and blocking it. I don't know if it was yeah. close, if it I was, think all of them were yeah, much. um and I, you know, the point about Max, I, th- I thought there was a noticeable difference last night with Max in terms of coming for the ball. Um, he yeah. came in, caught a number of crosses, came and a couple of them. There was one late on that he came out and caught in his midriff, but it was a ball that got played sort of through um, fairly flat. So yeah, it, you know, it's defending is part of the game, isn't it? But you have to say they defended well last night. They were putting their bodies on the line. But you also have to say, how many times did a little... 10-15 yard ball get played in and the reading guy is stood on his own in the middle of our box with no one around him in like 10 yards of space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, Matt, let's come on to the ratings
0: then. Um, yes. Over over to you. Okay. So um for Max, I've I've gone. I went six, but I'm kind of hoping we're going to debate it slightly because there was a bit of me that thought. But actually, he did come for crosses. He made the saves, and he's only got beat by a penalty. But then his distribution wasn't great. So, and that's what I expect. So, I kind of went. It was six. There was no worldly saves he made. So yeah, yeah. Six is giving me good. Okay, Zach yeah. Vinery. We've not we've not actually talked about Zach. Um, I don't think at all throughout the podcast have we. Um, I th- I thought it was actually a really accomplished display. It's not exactly. always
1: a bad thing, is it?
0: No, exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> um, because we would. <laughs> there we, was the, we, there
1: was that one short pass, wasn't there, in the one, second half.
0: The one moment, and and yeah. again, um, talking to someone near to me, and a swiped um, and a swiped swiped
1: ball as well. It sort of went across the back of yeah. the defence. But, yeah, but so, that that yeah, one, that the one
0: pass you're talking about, led to them getting a shot on uh, on goal. Yeah. And I I sort of said that that's what Zach does and that's what then potentially spoils his whole performance because that could have led to a goal. Um, So I've gone six for him and probably because of that little moment, I thought everything else he did was what I would expect. He he didn't have to pull up any trees, did he? Um, Jay De Silva, I've gone seven. I thought it was a really good performance from Jay um, defensively and going forward. Uh, There were some real class moments from him, like you said about the shot there was one moment in the second half where I think it was Joe Williams at a Diag across to him and he was on in, in just in the Reading penalty area and he, the ball just dead on his foot. He brought mm. it down lovely um, and then he went to kind of run at the player and you're thinking, hey, it was your right foot. He, he don't want to hit a shot with his right foot. Um, and then the ball ends up running out of play. So, yeah, I've gone seven for him. I thought you There was, was also, um,
1: over by, by me on the touchline by the Landstone stand, he either intercepted a ball or did something good. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was an inception. And he actually did... He actually did that as if did to it. celebrate it, almost celebrating. Yeah. That something. That was a,
0: a clenched fist, fist for our viewers, yeah. very much like the old Stuart Pearson celebration <laughs> from Man United days. If knows <laughs> that. Um but, uh, but, yeah. but his attitude seems to have shifted since
1: he's been on the bus. If you get what I mean?
0: Yeah, and uh, we, you know, when we when we had that whole on the bus thing, I think we felt that Jay wasn't on the bus because he wasn't being picked and stuff. But mm. actually, Nigel Pearson has is, is quite often come out and said about his attitude's been spot on. Mm. Um, it was a game sort of selection. Um, I think that, like I said, I think he's done well when he's come in and last night in particular, I thought was his best game as, as that on that right. hand side. playing
1: in a unusual position for him. Exactly. As well. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,
0: Tim, are, are we going close, closer, closer? Well,
1: I always go by it was Miroslav closer wasn't it yeah. you know, the the striker <laughs> so let's go closer let's
0: go closer okay um I've gone 8 and I've gone man of the match um I thought he was superb last night and Thomas Callas equally so but I thought um closer there were there were moments where like you talked about in the first half where he looked so comfortable the way that he talked um, it was never a penalty so I'm not marking him down for that because I don't think it was a bad challenge or anything um, but yeah I thought it was a really really good performance from him Yeah. Um, Thomas Callas I've gone 7 that could have been an 8 um, because again I thought we defended really really well at the back in the end the penalty is the only way we got beat you know everything else got, got kept out and Max didn't have a huge amount to do you've also got to look at Reading and say they're a poor side um, certainly on last night's play so I've kind of gone seven and not over the top. Um, Campering, I've gone seven, and that's one again where I'm thinking, should that be an eight? He he came off, and if that was tactical, then not necessarily his fault, but obviously he was involved in both goals. Um, I thought he defended well. I thought he came forward well. There was that period of time, 10 minutes, where he was giving stuff away and just didn't look like his head was in the game. So yeah, that's why I've gone seven. Um, Alex Scott. Interesting. I was listening to, um, to to Paul Binning on Radio Bristol afterwards. Um, and he was saying that Alex looked leggy and, and looked tired. And and I actually thought, I mean, there was one moment near the end where he, he basically won the ball in midfield and ran through on goal and got a shot away. It was a bit of a soft shot in the end or a yeah. comfortable save. But he was still running. Um, so I've gone seven for Alex. But again, it was one where I thought, do you know what? That, that could have been an eight. Maybe if he'd done... You know, slightly more, but yeah, I I thought it was another good performance from Alex Scott. And if there are clubs watching him, they'll see a performance like that. Even though it wasn't necessarily a complete performance, um, some of his skill set is just crazy for a young lad, isn't it?
1: If there are clubs listening, he's absolute rubbish.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Alex Scott, I've gone two, which is the lowest score we've ever given. Joe Williams, I, I, I probably want to go Joe Williams like an eight every time because I I do just love him. But it was one of those games last night where I think his influence was probably more around the talking and everything else he did. So I've gone six because it's what I expect of Joe Williams. Um, there were moments that were better. There were moments that were worse. And I, and I thought he, got very, he looked very tired and leggy near the end. Um, so again, that could have been a seven in the way I was talking about Alex Scott. But I just felt with Joe that... Perhaps his influence was more of of a control, not giving the ball away and keeping his shape. So yeah,
1: that's fair enough. Actually, because I was thinking in my head seven, but you've yeah. you justified the six because he set such a high
0: yeah, uh, yeah. expectation, is not it? And that's what we talk about, isn't it? It's about it's about a player doing what we expect of them. Not a six doesn't mean everybody should get a six based on you know a Joe Williams sort of performance, you know some of them aren't going to be at that level. So it's a six for their level, isn't it? So yeah. yeah. Um, Andy Viman, I've gone seven. This was much more of an Andy Vyman tempo performance. Um, again, there were things that he didn't, you know, it, it, the setup for the goal, I thought was really good. Yes. We've referenced the, the bit where he gave the ball away at the end, but I did think his, his energy at times last night and the way that he was moving was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I went, I went seven for Andy and I went six for Chris Martin um, I thought Chris did okay, but there was a moment, um, the the ball seemed to, in, in the old days, we'd say with Famara the ball used to seem to bounce off him. It doesn't bounce off Chris Martin. He controls it, but then we lose it. The defender gets the ball off of him. And there was a moment in injury time last night where it got played up to him, probably in front of you, yeah. Patch, where I'm thinking, right, you've just got to hold it and then lay it onto, I think it was Zach was coming to him. And we lost the ball and then they're, they're mm. breaking on us. And you're thinking, You've got to protect the ball better there. You can't allow it to come through like that. So, yeah, I went, I went six for Chris.
1: I thought the first and, half, with the exception of the goal, yeah. the, the front three didn't really offer a lot. Uh, there was a few <clears throat> flick-ons to nobody. There was some opportunities where Semenya could have made space
0: and he didn't. I just thought, yeah, it, it was the, the
1: as a front three.
0: Yeah, I didn't think they got enough of the ball in the right areas. Um, it it times last night, but I would I wouldn't argue with that, mate. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, Antoine, I've gone seven. So like Viman, so with you saying that, I've gone seven Viman, six Martin, seven Antoine. Scored the goal was a, a a constant threat. Then in the second half, should have come away with the match ball. Really, um, you know he he had two very very good opportunities, didn't he? Um, yeah. So I went that. I haven't scored Han Noah because obviously he came off early. Um, And then for Curtis Fleming, um, I've gone six because I expected us to beat Reading because Reading are in such a terrible situation at the moment. Um, Again, arguably, you could have looked at seven there because it was a win um, and we've not picked up too many wins. Um, Interestingly enough, that's obviously... um, Two wins, two defeats for Curtis Fleming in charge, isn't it? He <laughs> had the yeah. the, win, the win at Peterborough and then the defeats at Millwall and Coventry. Um, yeah, and, and so, just yeah. on
1: Curtis Fleming, it seemed that Alex Ball was more involved. Obviously, he stepped up into Curtis Fleming's role as well. So they, I liked at the end when they sort of, you know, celebrated with each other. It was like a real achievement, you know?
0: it, it- you you want to see that, don't you? And I know know, we talk about Nigel Pearson and I I think we'll probably cover off a little bit about Nigel, but you want to see them enjoying it and celebrating it. I I like listening to Curtis Fleming afterwards um, on the radio. I think he he makes a lot of sense. So yeah, so it was, it was, it was a a good win, wasn't it? It Yeah. 6.72
1: average, which, uh, (laughs) which is, is good. You expect an above six for a win.
0: Um, I've got six point seven three, but that's just
1: excellent. Well, you've rounded up. <laughs> you've rounded up. Yeah, um, yeah. Where does that leave the average for the season? We're still under six, aren't we? F-
0: five five
1: point eight seven. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, um, just we'll so, just on Nigel Pearson, Obviously, we don't know the detail um, other than what's been given out by the club. But yeah. um, you know, get well soon. Hopefully, we we'll see him back on the sidelines Absolutely. at Swansea on Sunday, Matthew. Yeah.
0: On Sunday and not on Saturday. That I at that was one o'clock. Of <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> One o'clock kickoff Sunday. Yeah, exactly. we will be yeah. there. I'll be there. Yeah, brilliant.
1: Um, so we did have a, a a rating submission from Chris, who's a regular contributor on Twitter, and he's been on the podcast. Um, oh, yeah. the only main differences are Pring. He's gone five, which I which I was a bit surprised about. Mm. Um, and Scott eight. Um, but apart from that, pretty much the same. So, yeah. oh yeah, Martin five as well. But yeah. So, thanks for that for Chris. Thanks, Chris. Um, actually, no, he, he sent a message to say, actually, the goal bumped Scott up to an eight, but I've just found out it was an own goal, so I've changed it to a seven. <laughs> <laughs> fair deeds, fair, dues, fair dues. Um, Del, are you right to hold on or do you need to go? Um, I need to go in about two minutes, yeah. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, um, we'll, well, we'll say goodbye to you and, I'll, and then I'll do some tweets. Uh, so, thank you very much, very much for coming on. Thanks, and Del. Good luck with the half tour.
2: Thank you very
1: much, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Pleasure, Great show as Thanks very much. Thanks nice, for having thanks. Me Sue, on, guys. See you Sunday, pal. Yeah, take care, mate. Yeah, see you there. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Patch. Take care. So, quite a few tweets uh, in. One from Steve-O. Uh, poor quality from both teams, although entertaining for the wrong reasons and an important three points. Also, very poor ref again. Pring, my man of the match. Uh, Rocket Francis. Uh, Not very enjoyable to watch, but a really important three points. When you consider how small our squad is and how young our team are, then we are doing well to be 17 points clear of Peterborough. Our game management is poor, but I guess that's down to the lack of experience. Come on, you Reds. Matthew Burke wasn't the greatest game or performance, but we won and that's all that matters. Closer looked great at the back. Hopefully, Masengo's injury isn't too bad. Uh, Ralph Hesp. Certainly the last time with a crowd was years ago, and that was in reference to my win by two goals. Right. Um, Dale got worse when Callum O'Dowder came on. Um, Damn Whiting, awful first half until the goal. Two really poor teams, coasting it 2 near in the second half. I thought it could be three or four. Penalty changed it, and the nerves set in. My heart is not going to be able to cope with this much longer. Dan Healy, Birmingham away, was the last time that we won by two goals. O'Dowd came off the bench and scored with one of his first touches. Eddie Waddle, or Wadle looked it up. Birmingham away, thank you very much. Will Brown, Antoine or Scott score their chances? And it looks impressive. Ref was abysmal. He had a large part to play in it, appearing um, at a really bad game.
0: Um, That's a I really f- good point, actually, Patch, that the ref can really have a, an influence on what the game is like, isn't it? He was very fussy, and yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, Dean
1: Allen, a win's a win, but boy, oh boy, did Bristol City make a sweat once more. Callas and Closer, in particular, were immense. Williams coming back to full fitness. It wasn't pretty against Reading, but let's take the positives from a game we just about deserve to win, Um, was one from Dean Allen. And then some replies to Dean Fev's football analytics for me the fo- the final 15 minutes detract from an even opening 30 minutes scrappy control of the middle 30 minutes when we scored our goals and even 60 to 75 minutes but momentum shifting it's like we only remember the last 15 minutes we aren't good enough to dominate most of a 90. What your thoughts on that Matt?
0: Fair point, yeah, I, I, I like a lot of what Dave um, Dave tweets, He's he, he does a huge amount of analytical stuff, and, and I think it, it, absolutely the point he makes is spot on, but I think it's natural, isn't it, you come away from games, the result changes your view on it, um, you know, you can, like the Preston game, you know, easily you can come away from that feeling like, oh my God, what a waste, we chucked that away, but actually it was a really good performance, so, but yeah, he's, he's right, you, you know, I think the 15 minutes made it feel like we were under constant pressure and we weren't, um, and how many saves did Max actually have to make in the end? You know, the defenders did their job, didn't they? Yeah. Okay. Um, any final points, Matt, or are we moving on to Swansea now? Um, just, just one little thing was, um, I got to, to meet Liam Healy. Um, so Dan's brother and Dan, I've met before, but I met Liam in, in Blackpool. So that was really nice to put a a face to the name and, and have a little chat. So yeah, that was good. Um, But yeah, no, no, good stuff. All right, so Swansea on Sunday, one o'clock. Yep. Yep. Team selection.
1: Uh, do you want to hazard any any guesses? Do we start the
0: way we finished potentially? No, I think I think obviously Cam will 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 start. Oh yeah, of if, course, if yeah, fit. yeah. So I think probably he's going to keep Max in goal. I think you then go with what he did. The, the, the closer Kalas, yeah. Viner Viner, yeah, and then jada um, Silva on the right. Yeah, Cam, on, Cam the on the left probably masengo, hopefully <laughs> yeah i mean it, again it's it's an interesting one isn't it because if 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 hands got any kind of reaction then you go with joe williams but is joe williams able to start again on sunday i mean it's what four days so hopefully well i would certainly
1: hope to start joe williams but then is that at the expense of masengo or exactly Scott? that
0: and, and you know there's absolutely no way you would have been dropping either of those after preston so it's a nicer problem to have mm. isn't it but um, yeah, probably. If Masengo's fit and hundred percent fit, then maybe you you still allow Joe to feed, you know, fill his way back into it. Um, I mean, there is a way, of course, you could get all three in by dropping Chris
1: Martin and putting Viman and Semenya up top, and yeah, Scott, Scott, Scott and
0: Scott playing in that that kind forward. of Viman. I just think when Viman plays where he plays, he's setting that tempo, like I said. Whereas when he's playing as a two, probably doesn't do, you know, isn't able to to do that as as much, but. Mm-hmm. Is it's a better problem to have, isn't it? And then obviously, you know, Naki, um, I don't know whether he's from a protocol point of view. He's available um, you know, if he's yeah. okay. So if he's available and he's had no symptoms, it was just a positive test, then then you know he probably comes back in on the bench, doesn't he? I yeah. hope that's not at the expense of Robbie Cundy though, because I think you need to, you know, need to be keeping that there. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's it then
1: um, we'll roll on to Swansea we're, we're going to be doing the podcast for Swansea I think um, around 8 o'clock on Sunday night um, yep. and we'll be joined by Richard Forrester who sort of took over in the Bristol Live slot from Gregor so yep. um, yeah it'd be good to to hear from him so let's look forward to that yeah. Yeah, good brilliant. stuff, alright thanks for listening everybody okay. don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 3PiAPC and uh, we'll be back soon, take care take care everyone, bye bye
0: <laughs> of home, warm smiles, crash and burn, and the wind